Welcome to Murphy, Sam, and Jody after the show. And, you know, earlier this week I shared with you that we got my dad's Harley running. My dad passed away in January of this past year. He loved riding his Harley. I don't know that I would call him a biker mm-hmm. type because mm-hmm. he wasn't, If you, you know, you picture a Harley rider being the leather, you know, jacket. and picture the, the lifestyle. Did he have any of that? He did have some of the accessories, yeah. but that really wasn't, you know, he wasn't in, in a biker crew yeah. or group or well, gang. Well, looking at him, I, I never pictured him as a Harley. No, he just right. enjoyed guy. to ride the, yeah. the it's, like, it's like he respected the machinery so much. Yeah, like, ex- exactly. I mean, ever since he was, you know, a, a kid, um, that's, that's what he was, he was into. His first motorcycle, actually, we don't even have anymore, and I'm trying to remember the name of Hard it. I believe. It was a, a JB something. I mean, it was a small motorcycle. And then he's got a 1960 Triumph, which was his primary mode of transportation when he was going to college. So the, crazy cool. Yeah, oh. Exactly. Before he got, you know, his car. So, and actually, I think there's more, there are more miles on that Triumph than there are any other, well, his Harley's got, but it's probably about the same. Because mm-hmm. he, stopped, he stopped riding the Triumph in the 1970s. And like Jody said, he he's I don't know that he intended to be a collector, but he wound up keeping the things that he loved the most. And he was the kind of person that took extreme care of all of his things, which mm-hmm. is what me and my brother and sister were taught, you know, as kids also. Um, Have you ever is, cr- I mean, I know you said that he hasn't he never rode the uh triumph so it needs sense plugs and oil and all that stuff yeah. but did he ever crank it at any point oh yeah i remember riding on it oh. i remember you know the difference the triumph is an interesting bike because it kind of jiggles <laughs> when it's you know when it's and it, somebody would have to tell you what kind of piston engine it is it has to do with the way that the engine is made the that's british are, nonsense i think the pistons go up and down or something so the bike has a shake to it that's a little bit different than you know, than the Harley or, or the others. And, and so I definitely remember the sound of it. That's really where I was going with this. What's interesting to me and crazy to me is that when we were cranking my dad's bike up again for the first time, and the my Harley. sister was the one that, you know, that pushed it up, the Harley, right? Um, hearing that sound. And I was used to that starter, although it never used to do that. It always cranked right up. Yeah. It's been a year since it started, but then... So this sound, well, that sound there in my head, that's a little rough. It smoothed out. But hearing that thing ride, that sound in my head is like the most heartwarming thing in the world because I think of my dad. Association. That, That was, you know, he bought that bike in 1978 and, you know, rode it almost constantly on the weekends you know i mean it was that was his escape when he wanted to go do his thing he would ride that bike and it's interesting to me that a sound like a smell or something else can be so powerful and just jolt you back and um you know i mentioned earlier this week that you know it really made me think of him and for a moment it was like wow both my sister and i experienced the same thing because not only was it exciting to get it running again so many emotions at the same time exciting to get it running because it was for us and for him really and then hearing that sound was like it was weird to see or feel and ride that bike without him being present Mm -hmm. to talk about it because that was his bike yeah um and for those of you that may or may not remember, you know, at his funeral, at his, you know, we, we did, uh, we brought the motorcycle into the funeral home and it was, yeah, the that center- was noisy when y'all came riding <laughs> in right. and it was the centerpiece, you know, yeah. for his memorial service. And, um, so 
I really thought that the the, the Harley was going to be one that we're going to do. Maybe we keep it in the family. Maybe we don't. But my brother, sister, and I agreed that riding motorcycles is just not something that we are going to do mm-hmm. on a regular basis because traffic is bad. You know, it's a shame that you know people don't really give motorcycles and bicyclists the respect needed on the road. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not intentional. It's just people are so distracted now. Mm-hmm. It's just not as safe. And that was in the back of my head. But man, when I got on that bike and the flashback, not only was the sound cool, I hadn't ridden a motorcycle. I hadn't driven or whatever you want to call it, been in control of the bike itself probably since I was 16 or 17 years old. And when when they say it comes, you know, right, it's like riding a bicycle. It's true. It's it like comes riding right a Harley, to. huh? Now, yeah. let me explain to you. It's 550 pounds of Harley Davidson. And I'm sure it's got a nice shake to it, too. It is. It's an Harley. extremely powerful bike. And so I, I knew to be gentle with the clutch. And uh, and my dad, there's so many things that define my dad. It's just such a cool dude. He was so his own person. On the Harley Davidson, and a lot of motorcycles have this also, you could call it cruise control. Remember, this is a 1970s Harley, so there's a little thumb screw right underneath the throttle, which is on the handle. You know, they give mm-hmm. it the gas, you give it the hand, you know, everybody knows how to turn the gas on a motorcycle. Well, there's a little screw there where you can tighten that up so it doesn't spring back, and that's kind of like your cruise control. Oh. And I, I know my dad that he would love, if we, when he wanted to get up on the road, he didn't want that thing springing back. He wanted it to, to stay at the speed, and if he wanted to nudge it down, slow it down, he would do that. So he was very used to being in total control of that and when i first got on the bike and took off that thing was tightened up a little bit so it was kind of strange i was literally having to throttle up and down manually instead of what i was used to as a kid where it just snapped back you know i mean you knew that the throttle would would go back um but i was actually nervous riding out on the driveway of course because for one thing i hadn't been on one in a while and i was thinking what if it doesn't come back to me and my dad not here anymore, but takes care of his stuff. I don't want to be the yeah. guy dropping the bike, you know, yeah. or something like that. And um, but as soon as I pulled out of the driveway, it came right back. And you mentioned dropping the bike, didn't you? Drop it once when you were little. I did. When he yeah. was a teenager. Yeah, yeah. and I it, it took me years to fess up to my dad about that. Yeah. But what happened was, you know, I I didn't downshift all the way. The, the Harley. And when I say it's got power, this is what I mean. You go down the first gear, you let that clutch out gently, and you have to give it a little gas because it, it can kill, too. It's a heavy bike. So it's just mm-hmm. you're really managing both of those at the same time. Anybody that rides all the time, they don't even think about it. Um, sure. So, you know, I, I was being super cautious with downshifting and braking and not trying to take turns too fast and all that when I got on it the other day. When I was a kid, I was very comfortable with that motorcycle. I loved riding that thing to the point where getting out on the interstate was no big deal with it, you know. Wow. It's a powerful bike. It had get up. I never did the stunning stuff. I was not that person. But, you know, I mean, I, I put the bike through its paces. Mm. And, uh, or I should say motorcycle. It's, it probably shouldn't call a Harley a bike. But anyway, um, so I didn't downshift all the way. And first gear, neutral, and two. Is, have you ever ridden a motorcycle, Sam? Or, no. Oh, you haven't? Really? Well, I mean, okay. I've ridden on the back of one. I've never. Yeah. I've okay. only ever ridden on the back of one either, and now yeah. going to get to that question soon. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I've been waiting months right. to ask it, but... <laughs> so, when you you know, the clutch is on the right side. You pull it in, you downshift by pushing down. You go all the way down, and as far as you can go is first gear. Halfway between first and second, which is where you're pulling up, is neutral. 
and then you flip again, and, and it, it springs back into position. So you're click, 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 click to get it where it needs to be. And if you don't get in, you know, I'm, I'm also new this. It's very easy to put that thing down all the way to first gear without it being mm-hmm. in neutral. So you're always, you don't ever just pop that clutch because okay. that bike will take off on you if, if, if that wow. happens. Right? Okay. So you always let it out gently just to make sure you really have taken it out of gear. But what happened the day, I'd, I'd stopped for traffic and I thought I had downshifted all the way, but I'd only gone to second gear. Mm-hmm. Have you ever tried to take off in a car in second mm-hmm. gear where it kind of just I've jerks? I've never tried that. Right. Okay. Well, so on the Harley, the Harley was capable of taking off in second gear. Not in a very clean way, and certainly not with a person riding on it. And it started to buck on oh. me. It jerked, and it threw me off the bike. And the bike landed in the middle of the... Of the you know, that's, I will tell you that's one of the worst... Feelings. Probably one of the worst feelings I've ever, ever, ever had. First, for dropping my dad's bike. Second, for, oh my God, my dad's going to kill me. Sure. And then the third thing was, this thing weighs 550 pounds. It's me, little 120-pound guy. And I got to pick this thing up. If I don't, then I'm calling somebody. And man, I did. I hurt myself pretty bad doing it, but I did. I got that bike up. And I didn't didn't notice any scratches. Right. I'm surprised. No, there was one very small scratch. It it fell to its left side. So it didn't fall on the air filter side. There's more chrome on that right side than there is on that left side. And the pipes are on the right side, all that, you know. So I got lucky. I mean, I don't, Mm -hmm. it didn't, didn't scratch it. He didn't notice, but it was years later where I told him. What did that he say? Happened. How did he act? I mean, he yep, was. Yep, I know. Well, by that time, it had been bumped a few times around. You know, uh-huh. there, there were a few people. My cousin had borrowed it at one point. My dad let him borrow it, and, um, and that's that funny. Was, what, that was a, a mess because what, that re- messed up the front end of it. What but. I knew of Dane, it's surprising to me that he would let his teenage son take it. But then again, I know you. He probably knew that you'd be super careful with it. Yeah. Did you know what I mean? Yeah. It was so so special to him i would have never touched it like you know what i mean in the short you know when i first got to meet your family and got to know your parents i was quickly it was understood quickly that they valued their things and you don't mess (laughs) with their things their house was almost like a museum parts of it like the whole front room where the triumph is yeah i walked through that like i was tiptoeing because i respected them yeah therefore i respected their things you know? Yeah. It's kind of cool. What I'm saying is it props to you for him saying, yeah, son, take my bike. Well, and you know, he taught, it, that really taught the three of us, mm-hmm. you know, to take care of our stuff, mm-hmm. which is important. When you, when you start investing money in things like vehicles that you've got loans on for years and sure, you want it to last for you, it needs to last. Mm-hmm. And so you, you learn to respect it and, and to take care of it. Sure. But yeah, he was a little over the top. I mean, we mm-hmm. were petrified to run <laughs> to, to you know to, and my dad he never raised his voice there was never anything like that mm-hmm. you just knew to respect his yeah. stuff sure um and you know the vet i'm sure if we had pressed him at some point on his corvette to hey can we get this thing running again he probably he probably would have been willing to do that in his later years yeah. i'm guessing but for so many years he didn't want to deal with it we just stopped Asking, Ask him, you know right. what I mean, and I didn't, I didn't want to trouble him. I knew there was probably some personal reason that he didn't want to mess with it, and we respected that, and that was that. Um, and the Triumph is the Triumph got mothballed, I think, for the same reasons <laughs> because it was the first bike that he really paid cash for. He bought it himself. Triumphs are made in England. Mm. Um, he it came overseas from overseas, in the crate, to the motorcycle shop that he bought it from. The only scratch that it has on it 
is when it was removed from its crate. And I can't imagine my dad, you know, even dealing with that at that time. But it's so that's the only scratch that's on it. And um, and it stayed in the house forever. I mean, it's literally mm-hmm. it might have moved to a little temporary building that you had outside for a couple of years. That still amazes me that it's in the house. Yeah. In the living room. Yeah. Well, in a front room in the in the yeah. museum sort of room is yeah. what it was kind of like. That was all yeah. their collectible stuff was in there. Yeah, exactly. So um and I mean, so it's you know it's in great shape, and at some point it will it's be so pretty. It will be cranked, but it like there was some of the other you know sounds a minute ago. There's it's got a sound to it that is very, it's just very unique. And the moment that I hear that sound, I oh, know man. it's going to throw me back. Um, the day we get the vet cranked, I I remember that crystal clear in my head too. Maybe that's why I really love that particular sound because I haven't been like. The biggest of car enthusiasts, I've got friends who are, and mm-hmm. I do love them, and that's a lot because of my dad, but I, that's, that's where my love for the sound of the Harley and the sound of a V8 and a, just a bigger engine comes from. I know that doesn't sound well, very- You're an audio person. Yeah. Well, that's, that's You're an sure. audio person, for right. sure. Um, what you're explaining, though, what you're talking about with the sound of it taking you back emotionally, you're talking about experiencing grief. Because everyone experiences grief in different ways, and you just never know the surprise of grief. You don't know what's going to send you back. Mm -hmm. Um, What happens to me, um, and you've seen this happen before, and it always takes me by surprise. I'm never ready for it because you don't think it's going to happen, Murphy, is when I run into people who used to know my dad or his peers, Mm -hmm. people I haven't seen in forever since I was a little girl, men that were his friends, that when I run into them, they're like, oh, this is Russell's daughter, and they'll mention him to me. They don't even have to do that, though, because my dad's been gone for so long now, there are very few people who talk about him anymore. Mm -hmm. So when they talk about him, I am brought down like to a level that I'm not even ready for. It's raw. But just to be around them, like Mr. Mike, who was at our house recently for my mom's birthday party, when he walked in, I experienced grief in in that, oh, is this what my dad would look like? Is this what it would be like to be around my dad? Because my dad didn't you know, live this long to be this age. Yeah, he was 40 when he passed. And so, right, what I'm saying, he was only 40 when he died. And so what I'm saying is that you can never predict what is going to bring grief to your doorstep, to yeah. you. But the, for you, you're an audio, audio person, and that's what that is. And it's yeah. okay. It's a beautiful way to deal with it. Yeah. Listen to it and think of Dane. Uh, I, I, my, I gave my sister a big hug at that yes. moment. It was brief. So that was part of it. And then the other part, which I still am thinking about it right now, I can't, it's, I was so excited to get that thing cranked. I know. I was so excited to be riding on it. I mean, I'm, great. I'm, I still am thrilled all, you know, this far in, into the week, but the, the whole day, I just, I can't explain it. I don't know if it was like being a kid again. I don't know if it was the thrill of the bike. Maybe it was all of it together. It's a reward. Maybe it was the rush of all of those things. But it's it's funny how in a 10-minute time span I experienced that, oh, my God, this is my bike. This is my mm-hmm. dad's bike without my dad on it mm-hmm. to the thrill of it running, the family being there, you know, to have it, you know, cranked mm-hmm. together and it being a, a, mm-hmm. a moment like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And I just – I feel like a kid, honestly, yes. talking about it right now. It's it's funny how you, do, you know, that kind of excitement you can't really just explain. No. But it just it makes me giddy. He would love that. Who's who's gonna get the uh, Harley? See, I don't know. I don't it, know yet. It, we 
it was we talked through this as a family, and I'm really blessed because my sister and brother and I are tight. We always have been tight since we were kids. We're still tight today. Uh, you know, uh, my, I'm two years older than my brother. I'm four years older than my sister. And knock on wood, we've never had drama. We, for whatever reason, we have been, despite the years and things that we've gone through, and we it's all have blessing. our own families, we're tight. And so when it's together, it's when we're together, it's special. And so none of us are in a rush to figure that part out right now. You know, it's you, you eventually you have to title it to one person so that you can do insurance and all those kinds of things. All that legal but, stuff. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I think any of these things, I don't know that anything is going to become one person's or the other's. It may be all three of us in some mm-hmm. way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. In fact, every single one of us, when we bring something you know, to our house that we've said, OK, when we're cleaning my dad's house out, it's like, well, look, if you'll ever want it or you want to keep it for a while, let me know. I'll bring it to you and you can have it in your house for a while. We That's really beautiful. all of those things that really stick out and mean something. The three of us share. And um, has anybody so, hit you up for the giraffe lamp yet? No, that's that's going to be. Oh, that's staying. No, what's that is funny too. That there are definitely things that you know one or the other really wants that the you know the the other two don't. Yeah, you know my my sister my sister's not a clutter person, and there are things that are special that she will want to keep. One of the things that she's kept at her house, it's the same thing. She's already said, well, if y'all want it at yours, you can have it for a little while too. But there was a propeller that that hung in the living room. Or over the fireplace, fireplace, where a mantle would be, it was a propeller, and I, it had hang, been hanging there since I was a kid. I always thought it was just some real propeller that my dad either got from a friend or a junkyard or whatever it was. But it turns out it's really just a prop. It's so light, <laughs> prop as in. Yeah, not a prop plane. Not a propeller. Like it's like something that it's really just a propeller. It is no a prop. It's it's funny you think about that. It is a prop. Prop is what it is. Mm. It's very light. In fact, it's got that little hanger thing on the back with the teeth on it. You know, it's that light. It's not even real, and none of us knew that. Doesn't matter. But she's got that at her house too. And again, it's the thing that sat in our living room forever. So that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Your brother took the bar. He did. There was a like an actual yeah. wooden, looks like it belonged in a bar room bar. That and fits him. They now. had all kinds of stuff. Oh, he's got it in his living room facing his what screen TV? I don't know. It's 75 a big inch, like some yeah. crazy. Like he's got. It's probably it, fully stocked too. It probably is. <laughs> and it's you know, being enjoyed, which is beautiful. The thing is, and that sounds really <laughs> fancy, but the, it was a well, wedding. That was a wedding gift to my yeah. parents. Yeah. And it's it's a sort of like a collapsible folding bar, you know. The, Still. the, the wings can open up when you're entertaining and close up, you know. When 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 you're not, it's a very 1960s looking. Yeah. Piece it's it's of cool though. It's very and it cool. It does fit him, dude. And it, it has the lamp that goes with it that you probably have seen in movies. That it's <laughs> like a little table lamp that says bar. It's a globe on the top oh, that yeah. says bar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah now, yeah, so, now. So yeah, but he's got that does one. You have the little uh, dispensers of the little boy. You push his head and he. Oh, no. It's he pees bourbon or whiskey yeah. or but, whatever. But if he hears this podcast, he's, gonna he's probably going to get one. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, um, but, yeah, so those kind of things, I, it, it's just going to be family, and we'll figure it out. But I don't think that we want to get rid of it. And we actually were talking about selling the Harley. Yeah. Mm. And so now it's – I know now it's an emotional thing. Mm-hmm. So now it's like uh, maybe, maybe not right now. And as long as it's tied to what Jody was saying – the grief, the emotion, the memory, whatever it is, that's what's going to be tough to let go of. Because this, at first, 
everything in the house was something that that none of the three of us knew to get rid of. I guess maybe there were some the receipts he used to keep, and you know he kept <laughs> he kept uh, you know business cards and and labels of things things that really those right those things were easy to pitch but then everything else had some kind of childhood something tied Mm. to it and so at first we were just moving things from room to room now that a year almost a year has passed we're able to to say okay this needs to be donated this actually probably needs to be thrown away and so the you know the bigger things the iconic to our family would be iconic are the things that probably will be the things that stay in our family and maybe they get passed on to our kids in some way. I don't know. Or, or let them fight over it. Yeah. <laughs> At some point. Miss any part of the show? Get it all on the Murphy, Sam, and Jody podcast.